You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets podcast. I'm your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with my favorite co-host, Chris Thompson. What's up, my dude? Man, it's good to see you, Danny. How the heck are you? Man, you know what? It's a good day. The gym was good today. Well, the home gym was good today and uh, had a nice little run. I've got to tell you something, though, man. Uh, it's hot outside. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty warm, and, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, we're getting around that time of the year. It's getting a little warm, but uh, I'm digging it a little bit. What about you? What, uh, what have you got going on this week? It, exactly. Basically the exact same thing. We've had a couple bouts of uh, some kind of just flash rain. It just kind of came uh. out of nowhere, and uh, it's keeping the humidity up. It's super hot. And, uh, yeah, the home gym, like my, I feel it my shoulders. I've been kind of going hard the last couple of days. And, uh, I mean, but I just sweat my rear off, you know, in the garage, so – Man, hey, you know, at that home gym, though, it's, it's a lifesaver at this point because I got to tell you, I don't know how it is where you're at, but they still haven't opened the gyms here. And I called uh, this week and like, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be another two weeks. And that's to me, I mean, yeah, okay, but somebody needs to open a gym. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, a, but anyways. a lot of stuff's open right now, but they're just limiting how many people can go in there. And so, right. Right. <laughs> Pretty Whatever. much have to stay two two treadmills away from everybody. Yeah, I mean, I just need a couple good machines, but anyways. All right, well, I'm glad to hear everything's going well and your week's going well, but uh before we get into this episode, let's speak to our passive investors real quick. So, if you are a passive investor, uh, in real estate, or you want to get into passive investing in real estate, head over to our website, twosmartassets.com. We have some great resources for passive investors there. Uh, just scroll down on that, that homepage. You can find our guide to passive investing in apartment syndications. A great overview about how you can get started in apartment syndication investing. Or you can check out our sample deal that Chris has generously made for us. Uh, it's a beautiful sample deal. Um, it's basically the purpose of the sample deal. It's going to give you an idea of what you can expect to see uh, in an apartment syndication opportunity, what you're going to get from a syndicator or a sponsor when a deal arises. And the importance of being, comf- being comfortable with reviewing this type of information is that when you do receive this, you're going to be primed and ready and you're going to know what to look for uh, in those executive summaries and those opportunities when they're sent to you. So it's important to kind of get familiar with things, train your eyes, what to look for in your brain and just an understanding of what you're looking at. So if you get, when you download these things uh, from our website, if you have any questions about these resources or the information that's contained in these resources, please just send us a message. Let us know, you know, we'll answer any questions that you have or point you in the right direction. Um, just send us a message. You can go to twosmartassets.com, uh, the contact page, uh, drop us a message there. We will respond. Uh, very quickly for sure. Uh, also, you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, send us a message there. We're posting once a weekday on all those platforms. So if you have a comment or you just want to check out some of the content that we're providing, some of the value, uh, leave us a post on there or you can send a message uh, on one of those social media platforms. We'd like to pretty much connect with everybody. So um, yeah, drop us a message there. Also, if you're a fan of the show, please, please, please head over to iTunes or YouTube or Spotify or wherever you're listening uh, to our show and leave us a rating, a written review. This really helps us reach uh, more like-minded individuals and investors that could really benefit from this type of information. 
I think, you know, one of the things when it comes to uh, building a podcast and reaching people in a podcast is you want visibility. And so your ratings and your written reviews are really going to help us uh, reach those other investors and get us, get us out there so we can talk to more people and, you know, potentially help them, especially when it comes to this stuff. So you could do that. We'd really appreciate it. Um, all right. So that's pretty much all we got. Uh, as far as that goes today is going to be a quick episode. We're going to get down to it. No fluff today. We're going to talk about deal analysis, but more specifically, we're going to cover the quick and easy method for analyzing apartment syndication. So Chris, you and I have both gone through a little bit of underwriting, you know, kind of priming our skills and stuff like that. But this quick and easy method has, has some benefits. So uh, we figured this, why not talk about it in an episode, you know, as passive investors, yep. you're going to want to be able to analyze the deal quickly and uh, move on with your time. So let's just jump into it. Like I said, we're not going to get into anything crazy here. Let's just jump into the episode and this quick and easy deal now. So first of all, why would anyone want to use a quick and easy method for analyzing an apartment syndication? Well, you got to think, what do we know about performing a, a full analysis or a full underwriting of uh, an apartment syndication? Well, we know really that it's going to take a lot of time and effort. I mean, we've done a few of these, Chris, and we know that this is something that is ex can be extensive. And if you haven't gone through it many times, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really eat up your time. So I say the quick and easy method is really about um, efficiency and making the best use of your time. So, for example, say you have lots of deals being sent to you. I mean, I know that might not be the case right now, but in the past or in the future, say you have a lot of deals being sent to you as a past investor and you're not really quite sure which deals to fully analyze, right? Because we know this takes a lot of time. It's like, man, I'm going to spend hours analyzing one deal. Which one do I start with? Or which ones do I do? Which ones do I not do? That could be an issue. Or maybe you have a, a, a demanding full-time job or you're raising a family or you have a side hustle and you really just don't have the time to perform a full on underwriting on every deal. You know, you're, you're, you have limited time. So this could be a real issue. The deal is the quick and easy method uses some general and uh, I'd say well-known assumptions to determine if a deal makes sense to look into further, right? You don't want to dive deep into something that doesn't make sense on the surface, right? I mean, if it makes sense on the surface, then you can dive into it. So really, what happens is if you run the quick and easy method and the numbers look good, then you can proceed into the full analysis and see if what this deal really looks like and really crunch the numbers and, you know, kind of get the landscape of this deal is going to work for you. But if the numbers don't work, then you can just brush that deal aside uh, and move on to the next one or move on with your day really, or just do something else. So what this really does, is it allows you to be more efficient with your time. Right. Yeah. This, this is basically just like a quick peek, you know, just to see if it warrants a, a closer look. Basically, it's just a, a smell test, you know, and like he said, you know, if it meets a certain uh, handful of criteria, it's worth diving into and actually, I wouldn't say wasting the time, but really just kind of spending that time uh, on that deal. You know, one of the reasons why we make, you know, such a big deal about being able to do this, this, you know, kind of quick and easy uh, analysis is just because it does save so much time. You know, there are deals happening all the time, all over the place, and, and brokers everywhere seem to think they have a good deal. Maybe they do, maybe not. And, you know, there's just so many things to take into consideration. So analyzing a deal is literally just going to be time consuming. And like you said, the, the 
when you're first starting out, it's just going to be so inefficient. That's why we're here to like help streamline you. Uh, we're going to hand uh, uh, highlight a handful of uh, just like important metrics, uh, you know, to kind of filter those good deals from the bad deals, uh, you know, with little to no time wasted, really. And that's and that's the thing, right? You want to you want to be efficient with your time. You can have a lot going on, right? Maybe you're working a full time job, or maybe like I said, you're just really a busy investor. Like you want to be efficient with your time and not and not waste it, right? So this is going to help you with that. All right. So let's talk about the resources you're going to need to perform this quick and easy analysis. And this is really no different. The resources needed for this, they're really no different than what you would need from a full analysis, really. I mean, for the most part, right? I mean, you're going to need these regardless. So if, so for example, if you're getting this deal from a broker or a seller, you're going to need the, the offering, mem offering memorandum, uh, the rent roll, uh, the T12 or the T3, you know, whichever one they have there, but you're going to need, these are pretty standard things. If you're getting from a broker or some type of seller, uh, just depending on how it works, just, just a quick note about the, the information contained in an offering memorandum that you could, that you would get from a broker, the offering memorandum or also known as the OM, uh, the, just know that the broker, like Chris was saying, potentially could be a bit aggressive when it comes to the rents that uh, you might be able to achieve. So that's just something to note. But despite that, you can still use this OM as uh, a good resource for the quick and easy method. And well, you might be wondering why is that? You know, if, if the rents are somewhat inflated to make this deal look good, why can I still use this? Well, really, it's because if the deal doesn't make sense with those broker's numbers, the aggressive numbers, then it's probably not going to make sense with your numbers, right? Because you're, your numbers are probably going to be more conservative. You know, you want to be a little bit, um, you want to kind of do conservative underwriting and stuff. So this is something to pay attention to. It, uh, it's just take note. It's not always the case, but just take note. Um, also, if you're getting the deal from a sponsor or syndicator, then you'll need the executive summary. However, there's a chance that the executive summary, it's not going to include all the information you need because uh, usually it's uh, a lot of uh, future projections and um, which you can take some from, but you're going to need, you might need additional uh, resources. If that's the case, then you can ask the sponsor for the same resources as we talked about earlier. You know, the OM, the rent, the rent roll, the T12 or the T3, whichever, the, whichever they have available. So that's just something to keep a note of. Right. And going back to that broker, it's really, it just goes to like trust, but verify. Yeah. His numbers might right. be aggressive, but we're going to crunch them ourselves uh, just to double check. Uh, so really uh, the, the intent of the offering memorandum uh, or the OM is really just to tell potential investors, uh, you know, all they need to know about that particular investment uh, while at the same time complying with the SEC. That was like the, uh, that's like the initial, main reason why they even put that OM out. So, you know, it's just SEC compliance. You know, that OM uh, is going to list things like, uh, the, you know, the terms of the investment, you know, the nature of that business and uh, kind of the potential risks uh, of that business. Um, it's usually going to include, you know, like a, a subscription agreement, uh, which is just kind of a, a legal contract between, you know, that company and, and you as the, as a potential investor, you know, like you're not going to go spread this around. It's just kind of between you and them, you know, um, kind of a, sort of a non-disclosure type of, uh, type of thing. Uh, 
the and the rent roll you know the purpose of the rent roll is to provide you know a really quick snapshot of the expense the the expected rental incomes um you know along with uh important aspects of the of the lease uh highlighted for each rental unit like each person's you know mary jones she has you know she lives in a three two you know 1200 square feet or whatever uh so it's just gonna some certain information like that um uh, then you have the T12, like Danny mentioned, uh, you know, just kind of the, the trailing 12 months, you know, it's going to show you, you know, this, the, uh, that multifamily's uh, previous months of operations and, and that T3 is pretty much the exact same thing, except it's for the last three months, the trailing three, you know, it shows that most recent profitability. Uh, so, you know, if the deal you're analyzing, you know, starts to pass all these tests, you know, um, the OM, the, the rent roll, the T12 and T3, T3 uh, like you're saying, these are stuff that you're going to need anyways. But if this deal passes all your tests, you have to pass all this stuff on to your lender. So you're going to need this stuff anyway. So just get used to asking for it and uh, start to get used to thumbing through it and uh, picking out a lot of this information. That's uh, you make some great points there, and I really appreciate you going through some of those documents and what they are and how they relate to what we're looking at, why you need them. So, but now that we've gone over those documents and we know what they are and we know what documents we need, let's talk about some of the information contained in those documents, specifically the numbers that you're going to need from those resources, right? So, we're going to run through this pretty quick, but so. Take note, but a little bit later, we'll go over uh, slightly more. So first, you're going to need the gross potential rent. And the gross potential rent is, is basically the hypothetical amount of um, income or revenue received if the apartment community or complex or whatever the investment is, is leased at 100% occupancy all year at market rental rates. So that's the key thing there. 100% all the time, market rental rates. You want to get the full amount of rent. So it's not taking into account anything else. It's just the maximum amount of rent basically you're going to achieve depending on that market. So, and you're going to find this number in the, in the OM or the executive summer usually. So uh, next you'll need the economic vacancy. What's economic vacancy? Well, it's really what it is, is the revenue that's going to be lost uh, or uncollected really uh, due to uh, physical vacancy. Um, maybe something uh, bad debt, and also uh, lost the lease. So these, it's, it's different than physical uh, vacancy, obviously, but economic vacancy uh, contains all of those things. So you'll need to know that number for sure. So, so really take a look at what number, when it comes to this, take a look at number was, is like provided to you either in the OM or the executive summary, whatever they're assuming, whoever you're getting this deal from. Uh, but really this number uh, it's something you can make an assumption on if necessary. Say if their number is wildly, you think is wildly inaccurate or maybe just slightly off. This is something that you can make an assumption about if necessary, just for this quick, quick and dirty analysis. So um, what they usually assume is 10% of the gross potential rent is, uh, is the assumption that we've seen consistently with uh, the economic vac vacancy that's used in a quick analysis such as this. So something to take note of. It's a good assumption just so you could run through this, uh, this analysis quickly, right? Uh, next, you'll need, you also need the values for um, really any income that the property uh, is generating, additional income, right? It's not, it's, it goes beyond um, just your rents and stuff like that. This is any additional income. So that's going to be maybe like utilities that you're charging uh, back to the tenant or parking, 
or laundry, whatever. There's a, there's a list of things, but really anything that's driving additional income to the property is included in this number. And again, you're going to find that on, on maybe the OM or whatever numbers they provide in there, but really the T12 should have this too. So uh, another number you'll need to know is the total expenses associated with the property. Um, with this method, we're using this quick and easy method. Uh, a rule of thumb is to use 50% of the total income as the expense value. So this makes it easy. All you have to do is know uh, the total, your income there. And then basically 50% of that is going to go towards expenses. So quick and easy. Just go with that for this calculation. Next, you'll need the replacement reserves. And what we've seen uh, consist consistently as a good rule of thumb is anywhere from 250 to $400 uh, per unit per year. And this is just what you're going to have in, in reserves. You know, this is rainy day stuff just in case something happens and stuff will happen. So this is something we see usually about $300, but depending on what type of property is, what market it's in, 250 to $400 per unit per year uh, this is usually a good assumption to make. Next, you'll need the cap rate for the area. And it, really with the cap rate is, as we know, and we've talked about it before, is, is market specific. It's area, it, it, neighborhood specific, right? Depending on the property and all this other stuff, it's very specific. So really, you're going to need to get this number from somebody who's familiar with uh, similar properties in that specific area. So a broker, a sponsor, or just somebody who's really familiar with that area. That's where you're going to get this number. Also, it should be stated with whatever resources you're, you're getting. So if you're getting an OM, it should be in there or executive summary. Uh, there's a way to get that. And again, if it's not in there, talk to your sponsor, talk to the broker. Uh, they're going to be able to get you this. Um, all right. So moving on, basically this is the last number that we're going to talk about. So uh, if this is a value add deal or, or the business plan uh, plans for the property, it includes any sort of rehab. Um, then you're going to need to include um the rehab number actually in this analysis, right? You're going to know how much you're going to need for the rehab. So you can get this number from the executive summary uh, because the sponsor should have this in the plan. If it's a value add deal, right? They're going to have gone through the due diligence and basically understood how much they're going to put into each unit. So uh, look for that in the executive summary. Otherwise you may be able to assume a rehab budget range of uh, 3000 to 5,000 per unit, depending on the market the property type and the planned renovations. And this is just kind of uh, a range of what we've seen through other deals and also speaking with uh, people, really experienced people in this business who are doing this. Uh, we've seen and talked in this kind of uh, an agreed number upon 3,000 to 5,000 per unit, depending on the metrics of the market and the deal and the, the project and all that stuff. So in summary, you'll need the gross potential rent, economic vacancy, any other income the property is generating, uh, expenses, total expenses, replacement reserves, the cap rate, and the rehab budget. So that's a total of eight items that you're going to need for this. And that's really all you need for the quick and easy analysis that we're talking about today. Okay. So, so you've, uh, you now have a deal on your desk, you know, that you're considering as an investment. You've gathered uh, from all, everything from the broker, you know, your OM, your rent roll, T12, uh, T3, um, and you run through and you get, you know, the numbers uh, for everything that we've just been outlining. All right, now what? Okay, well, basically what we're going to do is take that gross potential rent, 
Okay, that was that theoretical amount that we could be getting if, uh, if our property is leased 100%. Um, that's not that far-fetched because we lease stuff to 100% uh, all the time. So we're just gonna go ahead and understand what we could be getting from this. Uh, then you're gonna take all those other income streams, laundry, parking, whatever, add that to the, the, that net rental income. Now you're, that's what is gonna give you uh, the total income for the property, all right? Now you take that total income and you subtract from it the expenses, right? Um, and if you know the expenses, that's great. You can use those. If you don't know, well, then that's why we went ahead and uh, gave you just a little uh, a rule of thumb number here just to generalize uh, that we use about 50% uh, of the income, uh, you know, as expenses. Um, and so that's a nice, that's a nice little uh, cushion there because we're going we're gonna to contract that down quite a bit as well, but just for the sake of it. Okay, so basically you take that total income, subtract the expenses. Now you know what the net operating income is okay that's your NOI that NOI is going to be used to determine the price of the property excluding the rehab that's important to note uh, because we haven't even factored in that we're going to spend X amount of dollars per unit or whatever okay um, so basically we're going to take that NOI all right divide it by the cap rate that you got from that broker or from the OM or whatever or your 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 person uh, in the area right take that NOI divide it by the cap rate. That cap rate is really represented as a percentage, right? So take that NOI number, divide it by that uh, cap rate, and that's gonna give you the value of the property, not counting the rehab, right? So this is just how we NOI over the cap rate equals value, right? And you can mess with that equation, you can subtract anything out there and you can you know, find any of, any of the other items as long as you have two of them, anyway. Okay, so, uh, Take that number. You now you got the value. You know what this property could be worth. Take that value and subtract the estimated cost for that expected rehab. So if you're doing you know thirty five hundred uh, per unit times however many units, figure that out. Subtract that away from that value. That number that you get, that's the maximum payable price that you can that you can actually come up with or that you should come up with and pay for this property. If that looks good and if that's in line with uh you know with with your with your investment strategy um then maybe you got a good deal so i mean that that's just really quick right and so that way you can take all these pieces of information really quick and as this thing has just come across your desk in two or three minutes you can figure out all right no this thing is going in the bin straight away or oh this I'm going to look at this later, you know, at my lunchtime or whatever, you know, when you get extra time to uh, actually mess with it. So really kind of ask yourself a couple questions after that, you know, once you get that maximum payable price, how does that number compare to your predetermined uh, investment criteria? Like I said, like you went into this knowing how much you can spend or how much you, you, you're likely to, to be able to finance or whatever. Um, is this in line with that? All right. How does that number compare to the listed price, right? Because that broker, he already has it for sale. It's already got a price tag attached to it. And then that can tell you, you know, how, how far off are they, you know, and it's just something to kind of help maybe get a conversation started. Um, and really just after all that, you're just going to have a pretty good idea uh, of whether or not it's worth spending a second more of your time. So, I mean, keep all this stuff in mind. We, we built in uh, for... The, some of these assumptions that we make, 
we pad it in, right? So it starts to it starts to get close to maybe worst case scenario because the the people that we line ourselves with uh, know how to manage properties and like I said, these even that fifty percent expense rule, um, we're going to get it way we're going to beat that probably pretty you know a fair amount and seven or eight percent maybe even a little bit better than that but I don't know just keep this stuff in mind. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. And, and again, the assumptions are going to change depending on the property, right? I mean, you make some great points in there uh, and you did a great run through of what the calculation is for uh, obtaining the max maximum payable price, as you said. But again, you know, and you make some great points as, as in regards to the, the assumptions, uh, you know, these are going to, they're not going to be the same depending on the property. You know, maybe if it's a heavier lift, these numbers are going to change, you know, or if, you know, depending on what class, class A, you know, this is more so for, uh, you know, value add. So B, C, D, something like that. So um, it's really just one of those things you're going to know, you're going to need to know what kind of property is, what kind of work is going to be done. And again, that's going to be something that's going to be stated in uh, the resources that we talked about, maybe the OM or the executive summary, stuff like that. So definitely be paying attention to that. And again, this is just a quick, quick and easy analysis. And much like the um, the full underwriting, this is going to take practice too, right? So get your hands dirty, go in there, do this a couple times, and then after you do it a couple times, it's going to be going to be a lot easier. And then, like Chris said, you know, you can take a few minutes to do this, gather the numbers, and then if it looks if it looks good, you can keep it for later and dive deeper into it. Or if it doesn't fit, then it goes in the bin, right? It's just just as quick as that. So uh, that's a, it's a great point you made and I'm glad you brought it up. All right. So quick and easy analysis, give it a shot after you do, if you have any questions or anything about the quick and easy analysis, uh, holler at us for sure. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, but let us also let us know if you're running using this quick and easy analysis, let us know how it's worked for you guys. Uh, we'd love to, we'd love to hear for it again. This is not something we created. This is just something that is used, uh, in the industry. So, um, but we just want to pass that information along. All right, Chris, you got anything else? No, I think, uh, I think you should just practice this a lot, uh, just enough to where maybe you can get some of this down to maybe some rough mental math. It might make your life even easier than that. But this stuff, this stuff is pretty easy. It just takes a, a couple of repetitions and uh, you get it down. Again, and if you want to, what makes it even easier if you don't have a, calcu like a specific calculator for this, just throw it in an Excel spreadsheet boom, bam, got a couple numbers in there. It just, it's done. You know, it'll calculate all this stuff for you. So you could literally be done in moments. Yeah. So it's not, it's nothing crazy. Just, you got to get a little bit of practice in. So, all right, Chris, well, man, uh, I think we hit on some great stuff today and uh, you know, definitely be trying to improve, always trying to improve our underwriting. So uh, it's good to talk about it, uh, especially the quick and easy. So, cause hopefully we'll be seeing more deals in the future. So, um, but uh, if you don't have anything else, man, uh, that's all I got. Man, I'm happy. Okay. Excellent, man. Well, uh, appreciate talk, appreciate you being on the show and talking to you again. Obviously it's uh, always a good time and uh, hopefully our listeners will get something good out of this. Again, if uh, you're enjoying our show, please, please hit us up, leave us a message, a rating review or something. We'd really appreciate it. So, all right. But until then, we'll talk to you guys next week. You guys take care. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.